hot damn. The best hour of their day is back, and we are growing thanks to listeners like you. Let me read a quick review from Nick that was recently left on Apple Podcasts. I have found that through listening to these podcasts, I've been more productive, more effective, and more energized entering my workouts. As a new CrossFit athlete, having no prior experience to this sport, I gather so much knowledge on not only being a better athlete, but being a better person, which is important as a law enforcement officer because fitness and ethics are the most important aspect of my career. Keep doing what you do, Jason, and keep making people have the best hour of their day. Well, thank you, Nick. Thanks for your service. We appreciate you. And I appreciate this next guest. It is Dave Lipson. Dave and I go back to the Northeast, back when I had to wake him up in his car to get ready for the workout for the event. It was thrusters and chest-to-bar pull-ups. Dave was snoozing in his car, taking a nap. We were calling for him. We were looking for him. He was nowhere to be found. Knocked on his window. He literally ran from the car to the competition floor. It was a little bit different back in the day than it is today, but that's the kind of guy Dave is. Always ready to go. Listen, when I do this podcast, I don't do a whole lot of editing. I record and I throw it together, and that's what you're going to get here. Dave's a character. He was in the car with his wife, Camille, and the reception wasn't great at all times, but I promise you it's worth it. Listen to the beginning, Dave being a lunatic, getting ready, doing some sound checks. It was a great conversation. I say it in the podcast, but I truly mean it. Dave is one of the smartest people I know. You see this Thunderbro character that he puts out there. He's strong, he's big, he's jacked, but he's smart. Don't let the beard fool you people. Listen to what he's talking about. He knows a lot. He's been at a high level of CrossFit competition. He was a high-level baseball pitcher, and now he's a high-level bodybuilder. So I admire him for many reasons, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Best Hour of Their Day featuring my friend Dave Lipson. Let's let's make this happen. Two, um, two Jews talking fitness. What's the name of this podcast, Two Jews? A rabbi walks into a bar. A rabbi walks into a barbell. <laughs> I, like, I like it. So this is called Best Hour of Their Day, and the reason I wanted you on is because you are one of the best coaches in the world. Uh, you are funny as hell, but don't let that fool you. You are one amazing coach. Well, thank you, Jason. I, I, I think equally as, as highly as you. And like you know, the only reason why you get good at anything is because you have a good people around you to learn from. You know, like it's, I just, I just copy what other better coaches do. Well, you've done it well. And I remember the very first time I worked with you on staff. I mean, we knew each other a bit and I was watching you lecture and I was like, holy shit, this is one of the smartest individuals I've ever been around. So those of you that see Dave online, you got to, you know, he's incredibly fun. You, your video on the plane, I watched probably a hundred times in a row. So it was, it was hysterical, but you are funny, but you are very smart too. You know, what's funny about that video is I totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I asked David Tittle about it. I was like, was that you that filmed it? He's like, dude, we were sitting on the runway. I was like, that wasn't even, 
you hadn't even taken off yet? And he was like, no, dude, we were still on the ground. I mean, you know, we've gotten, we've gotten fucked on so many flights before where I just travel with a band with me. And if like we get delayed or the plane gets grounded or we're stuck somewhere, I'll just go and I'll, I'll just bang out some reps. Just to, it, it makes me feel better. Uh, just to move blood around, and it also works because you can you can crush some cinnabon, and then you get some like targeted nutrient timing in. If you just you smash you smash hammer curls for like five hundred reps, and then chug a cinnabon, it's instant muscle growth. <laughs> well, funny enough, that is what I want to talk to you about. I love what you and Andrew Charlesworth are doing with Thunderbro, and if you've not seen it, I highly recommend you checking it out. But that's really the goal of chatting with you today is. Talk to me a bit about Thunderbro. Talk to me a bit about combining CrossFit and bodybuilding because you're seeing that happen across the board. You know, people are enjoying CrossFit, but they also want to look like Dave Lipson. Are you guys lost? Are we good? Are you going to make it? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, well, so first of all, um, thank you, Jason. The, the, the whole idea with kind of like blending aesthetics and performance um, to me, it was it was uh, not just something that I've kind of tried to market, but it's how I've kind of adapted my own training. So, uh, like a lot of people, I-, I love CrossFit. I mean, I think it's the best. There's no better fitness program in the world. And the benefit that it's brought me and, uh, you know, all the athletes that we've been blessed to train is, is so compelling that the results are just undeniable, right? I mean, there's no better way to get fit than with CrossFit. Um, but where I ran into some issues was, was making it kind of sustainable because for a long time, I, uh, you know, I love competing and stuff and I was competing at CrossFit and that kind of had its shelf life. And as I kind of my thirties, um, things started falling apart, you know, like, uh, my back started going, I ended up with some shoulder issues. And, uh, and generally ended up kind of feeling really defeated every day in the gym. Like, uh, I don't know why I'm doing this because, uh, you know, I can't compete with those games athletes and I keep training like this and just getting hurt again and again. So I really had to reevaluate why I was in the gym and specifically like what I wanted to get out of it. Right. Like having a very clear goal. And, uh, I just remembered back to the first time I ever went into a gym at all. You know, I don't know if you had the same experience, but like back when I was in middle school, our PE coach took us in the weight room and I started doing bicep curls because I wanted, I wanted biceps so I could get chicks. Like I want to, I want to have muscles so I get laid. Right. And that's, uh, I think every guy kind of starts there. And, um, and I just remembered like, yeah, my number one goal out of uh, fitness is just being kind of functional, but, but looking really good. Um, so I decided to set a new goal for myself, which was to try to compete in bodybuilding in classic physique. Have a lot of good athletic ability. You don't have to be crazy big. Um, you can still do CrossFit and compete in that category because it's a very athletic looking body type. Um, so I started doing that and playing around with different ways that I could maybe combine my
my own, just trying to understand the mechanisms and training that can drive muscle hypertrophy. And I came up with this system of combining it with functional movements and CrossFit and used it to prepare for my first show. And uh, sure enough, like I was really happy with the results. I mean, I'd never looked better before, but I didn't have to completely abandon fitness to get the aesthetics. Um, so I wrote about it. I wrote a book called Hypertrophy for Functional Fitness. Um, I wrote down the program that I did for the mass gaining portion of, um, of, of uh, you know, preparing the show. And uh, we've continued to kind of build out resources for people just to understand how you can kind of uh, balance or bridge the gap a little bit between aesthetics and performance. And, and equal parts, you know, uh, have you ever been to the Arnold before, Jason? I've never actually been to it. I've seen it. You know, I've watched the documentaries lately, but I've not been to it. Okay, so the Arnold is like such a cool little microcosm of the fitness industry because you get to see all the communities around the, the fitness industry and, and the body types that accommodate those communities. So they have powerlifting, Olympic lifting, world's strongest man, um, you know, uh, bodybuilding and, uh, and, and all categories, obviously. And, um, and when you walk around the Arnold, like you see bodybuilders that look insane. Like they look like complete freaks. Um, but a lot of them, because I, I, I know a lot of them now and I know how they train and what they do, a lot of them are kind of like display models only, meaning they have this really imposing physicality, but they don't really have the ability to use it for events and pure hypertrophy training, uh, which is a little different than like sports performance or, or just general athletic ability. So they have this amazing don't have the software to support the opposite end of the spectrum bodies. They bang for their buck or strength to body weight ratio or just like passive or remarkable. Meaning they don't, you know, when a crosser walks in the room, you don't think like, oh, holy shit, that guy trains. They just look like normal, pretty strong looking people. Um, and they have exceptional ability to use their body. So what I want to do on both ends of the fence is maybe be able to deliver more imposing aesthetics for crossfitters who are interested in that and to be able to get bodybuilders more functional. I love it. Will you just do me one favor? Will you shut your video? What's that? Will you shut your video on that? I think that's making it a little choppy. Did it go? Can you see me now? I can see you. I don't want to see you. I want you to shut it. You, Not that you, want, you don't want to see me. No, I want to keep hearing you, but I want you to shut your video. All right, let me see if I can shut it off. Hold on. Just because what you're saying is great, I, but it's a little choppy. Yeah. Let me see if I can figure out. I'm going to shut mine as well. Off. Certain patches you hit are good, but I don't want to ruin this. Says Dave. I'm just trying to figure out how to shut it off, Jason. If not, no big deal. We'll keep going. You sound good now. But, I, I, you know, I love everything you're saying. Let me continue with this. No, that's not good. Go back to where you were. All right. Is this better? That's cool. So, you, right, you, you won Mr. Colorado, correct? 
No, so I, I won my first show, and Mr. Colorado, or the Colorado State Championship, is coming up in July. Okay. So, um, so you know, I've been preparing for it for a while. I give myself some time off after the first show um, because competing is extreme. Uh, the training is pretty extreme. The nutrition is definitely very extreme, especially at the end of a preparation cycle. So I gave myself some time off just to recover for a couple months. And uh, at about six months out, I, uh, I started kind of getting ready for Mr. Colorado, which is coming up this July. So I've got about two and a half months left um, before the show goes down. But uh, it's a really cool title, right, Mr. Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember seeing the, the pictures of you on stage, dude. You looked incredible, and I'm sure you're going to come in even better for this one. Um, so it's, it's really awesome to see. what. So, you know, like you said earlier, we, you and I, it's like you find weightlifting in middle school. You want to pick up chicks, really. That's the only goal of it. What are some things you're doing now that you didn't know back then? Like back then, it was like chest tries Monday, you know, yep. back buys. I see some of the videos you're doing with, I forget the guy's name, but you have like one of the best trainers in the world and you're doing like partial range of motion stuff. So what are some things we should have been doing at 18 that you're doing now in your thirties? So yeah, it's, um, I'm really lucky to be right next to this great gym here in Colorado, uh, which is Phil Heath's gym. And Phil Heath is a seven time Mr. Olympic champion and they have a great trainer there. His name is Alan Watkins. The guy's a legend. Um, and he was like really nice enough to not just like take me under his wing, but, uh, but become a pretty good friend. And, uh, and so I've learned a lot from Al, but, um, you know, the interesting thing that I kind of picked up on on hypertrophy when I revisited it, this is after back surgery a little over a year ago. And I really was interested in like, how do I hypertrophy without hurting myself again? is that there are so many different ways to garner muscle hypertrophy. The only common denominator is being able to take muscles to or close to failure, you know, being able to stress your body in an unaccustomed way. And there are lots of different ways to do that. Like, yes, you can do that with weight. Like you can always go heavy, but you can also do that with tempos. You can do complexes, you can do eccentrics and uh, overload eccentrics, uh, you can truncate rest periods. Uh, there are lots of different ways and, and working a new range of motion that you're unaccustomed to not only uh, is great for just getting results, but oftentimes it'll develop muscles in ways that they're not typically developed. For an example, like a lot of CrossFitters grip everything barbells, pull-up bars, with what we call a supine grip, with the palm facing down. So in turn, it develops a lot of musculature in the, in the grip, in the forearm, like, the, uh, like the, the radialis and the brachial radialis and the long head of the bicep. Um, but if you flip your palm over in what we call uh, a prone grip, or excuse me, this, uh, uh, the basically palm facing up, you work the biceps in a completely different way and typically in a way that's a little bit underdeveloped. So just playing around with grips and widths and ranges of motion is a great way to trick your body into growing and developing and oftentimes becoming even more symmetrical. 
when when you when you head into training like you're currently doing, which do you find harder to get motivated for? A CrossFit workout or a hard hypertrophy session? Um, so that's what I've kind of changed is like I've taken away the scary CrossFit workouts, like the stuff where you're like, oh my God, this is gonna hurt so bad. I've I've really kept CrossFit lighter. I wanted to preserve the movement. So like, but, but the things that I do with CrossFit training is I'll use it primarily for conditioning with lighter workouts, because what I found for myself was that load and speed were the two factors that were getting me injured a lot of the time. So I just took those away and said, Hey, I'll do the CrossFit workouts, but I'll go a little bit slower or a little bit lighter. And I incorporated a lot more within the training, especially uh, in the show prep for cutting, because it's amazing for improving body composition. So now that I'm getting close to the show, I started introducing more and more CrossFit. And, uh, and also in terms of like longevity, yeah, like I think the CrossFit lightened up program, definitely not like a CrossFit competition program, is a way to get most of the benefits from it without having to get into that risky area. When, when you were on stage and you won that first competition, usually you get some feedback, some, some advice from the judges. What was your advice to come back stronger for the Colorado State? Oh, dude, like the, the, show, the show experience in general was amazing. And like if, if you're out there and you're even considering doing a bodybuilding show, my recommendation is, do, is just do it. Just sign up and do it because there's nothing that will keep you more accountable to your training and your diet. Um, there's nothing that will get you in the best looking shape of your life than knowing that you're going to be naked on a stage in front of hundreds of people with judges looking to pick you apart, standing up next to a bunch of other really fucking good looking people. So, um, so it was great for that, just for having a goal and, and being able to tap into that level of, of desperation and drive within your training to be uh, to be as good as you possibly can be and then in the show like it was my first time ever playing the sport so I had no idea I had no idea what the hell was going on can you hear me Jason yeah that's that's good sorry yeah I had no idea what the hell was going on they were moving me around stage and I'd go back for like what they call a callback and uh, I learned so much just about the sport in the first show and in terms of like training, like, yeah, I was happy that I, I, I won my category, um, but I could see very clearly where I need to be better. And, uh, you know, the, the feedback that I got, which was mostly from Al, from my coach, uh, Wadi, was that, you know, next time I come in, I got to be a little harder, like a little less, a little less body fat. Um, I definitely needed my legs to be bigger because I hadn't trained my legs in about a year and I was prepping for the show coming off of back surgery. So I didn't really train my legs as hard. And then also being able to create, um, you know, when you, when you train uh, with compound movements, when you squat and deadlift, your core becomes thick. Your waist gets big and you develop girth around the center for the sake of what we call midline stabilization. So because I'm a CrossFitter, and I've got a really big core, the way to create a better aesthetic uh, for what the judges are looking for, which is usually a very strong kind of V taper or the ratio from the shoulder to the hip, 
is by widening the back. So I, I, I tried to get my back a lot wider to make my hips appear narrower, even though they're they're pretty thick. Like I've got a thick core, like most people who lift weights pretty seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing about being on stage. It's all that aesthetic. It's all that look, right? You have to have that right look. Tell Talk to us about what that last week or two of training before being on stage is like. How brutal is it? Not just the training, but the diet, the water manipulation, the, the, the carb loading maybe the day before. What What's that like if someone's never experienced it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's another community in the world that's more in tune with their nutrition and specifically the, the quantities of, and the specific types of foods that they eat in the bodybuilding community because any little thing can show up on your body, right? If you're, if you're overhydrated, if you're uh, you know, under-carved, under uh, muscles can become flat or you can end up looking puffy. So you really have to be really precise with like water intake, food intake and macronutrient balance, especially in the last month of the show where you might find yourself really fine tuning things. Um, so for example, you know, the, the last month of the show, everything I put into my body was pre-calculated, weighed and measured and constantly evaluated to see if it was working or not. If I would eat something and, and it, the next day I didn't look so great, um, I would try to adjust it accordingly. Um, in addition to that, the way that I did the cut, um, which is kind of pretty prototypical uh, protocol, was to not cut carbohydrates. Um, because if you cut carbohydrates, your, your muscles will end up losing a lot of glycogen, and in turn, they'll end up losing a lot of volume. So when I say just like a tire becoming flat, Muscles can become flat if they're depleted with glycogen. So what we did instead was we, we reduced calories uh, almost in half the last month and, uh, and increased training frequency. And the training wasn't extremely heavy. It was just, uh, it, was, it was a lot of, um, you know, like 45 minutes of some pretty intense hypertrophy training and then CrossFit workouts, different cardio circuits that I would put together, the assault bike or the rower, or the skier, or some dumbbells, you know, thrusters, just some good functional movements. Um, but you suffer. To get your body to an unnatural state, specifically an unnatural level of body fat, you really have to suffer. And uh, life starts to suck a lot. So of all the training, and I really enjoyed all the training in the prep, the last month was the only piece where I felt that I was becoming less healthy by kind of destroying myself, right? I'm like killing myself by not eating enough and it affects your ability to think, it affects your mood, you're very grumpy. And that's where you're able to really separate the men from the boys and who wants it the most because, uh, you know, suffering through that is what produces the aesthetic on stage. So with that being said, what's, how do you, approach knowing you're going to be the same way come July? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I'm now, I feel like so much more equipped because I know what to expect. And uh, I, I know that it's going to be hard, but there are even little things that I've picked up to be able to satiate yourself 
whether that be things like chewing gum, drinking coffee, um, even ingesting ketones can help curb uh, hunger. So I'm going to try some new things, um, but I know it's going to be at least as hard as the last time. And, uh, you know, if I want it to be better, like, you know, like anything, for the results to be compelling, the training and the preparation needs to be extreme. That's, it's, it, it's equal parts, right? The investment equals the return. So uh, I know it's going to be tough, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. What, what, what's some advice you would give to a current CrossFitter who wants to just improve their aesthetics, right? They don't necessarily want to be on stage, but they're, they're, they're doing CrossFit three to five times a week and they want to add some hypertrophy. Yeah, so what I would recommend is, is training with a purpose. You know, uh, not just doing something because it's written on the whiteboard, but producing an intention with the training, uh, with the training session and being able to adapt it to the CrossFit training. So for instance, if the goal is hypertrophy, and oftentimes people in CrossFit don't realize this, the greatest muscle building effect occurs by loading yourself with time under tension. So moving in a controlled fashion and keeping the muscle under tension and really paying close attention to range of motion and how you're contracting things or even using tempos, so what I would say is don't just rush through the training, you know, like enjoy the repetition, think about what you're doing, feel the muscles working uh, because uh, in CrossFit, you know, we're always going after power and quicker, but in a cases going faster can reduce the training effect in terms of hypertrophy. So uh, don't be able to pick, don't be afraid of strict, slow movement and you can still do it with functional movements and still do it with high intensity it just doesn't have to be as fast as possible all the time. In addition to that, that's also where a lot of injuries tend to pop up is when we're trying to go fast as possible. So uh, that would be probably the first thing you might consider. Uh, something else you might do is just look at your body and identify what doesn't look like it's balanced or what are your areas of weakness? Um, you know, does the upper body match the lower body? Uh, you know, is the back as big as the front? Uh, and, and you can even pick out specific muscles and muscle groups that you can just spend more time training to become symmetrical. So you, you have a few options out there. If somebody does want to learn from you, you have your hypertrophy book, which I highly recommend. It's a great read. You, you make it sound, you take a complex subject and make it super simple, but then your 90 day program, that's really the legit. If you want to dive in, this is what you do, right? Yeah, so the 90-day program, what I did was uh, I, when I got done with my back surgery, I started reading uh, a lot from experts in hypertrophy and kind of the anatomy and physiology realm. So there's one guy named Brad Schoenfeld who is kind of like the hypertrophy guy. He's written, he's done so much research, and he wrote this big, very academic text about all the mechanisms that drive hypertrophy and the adaptations that take place and how they relate to different training factors. So I read through that and tried to interpret the science as best I could and came up with this program that incorporated those principles with functional movements. And so using that 90 day program, I put on 25 pounds of mass after back surgery without lifting a weight that was over 40% of my one rep max. So that's why I love the program is because it's very low risk, but the results are very, very compelling. 
and most people have never trained that way. Um, and so I definitely recommend that if you're a CrossFitter or a non-CrossFitter who wants to be bigger, that's a very safe place to start that you can still kind of preserve a lot of good athleticism and capacity, even outside of that hypertrophy realm. Um, and we're, we just did a version two of that book where we put additional resources in for people, uh, nutrition guidance, guidance on movement substitutions, uh, guidance on training environment, recovery. And uh, we're going to do a 90-day Get Huge Challenge in June where everyone in the world can compete using the program to see who can get the hugest. And we'll do a, a really cool prize. People will be able to follow the program on an app. But um, it's something we had a lot of success with. And, uh, and it's a very fun program to do with a bro. And for most CrossFitters, it's not that big a change. You're still just using barbells and dumbbells. It doesn't require too much machinery. So very accessible. Yeah. And don't confuse what Dave's saying. It's safe. It's accessible. But it's really fucking hard. Yeah, it, it's hard. And, and it's hard because, you know, uh, what people will typically do is they'll see 40% and they'll want to put more weight on the bar. And they don't realize that the, the potency of the program is in the tempos and the rest periods and the volume you're accumulating over the course of a training session. So, you know, like, like I say, like sometimes less is more. The program's only three days a week and that's plenty because you need 48 hours to at least to kind of remodel that tissue before you go back in the gym and start attacking it again. Um, and people are as shocked with how sore they are with a light weight. That's what I really like about it is uh, there, there are strategies you can use beyond speed and load to be able to get results. You also have a line of CBD products coming out. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, you know, we, I've picked up a lot about, uh, you know, okay, so let me start with this. The biggest factors for muscle growth are what you're doing in the gym, what you're doing with your nutrition, and your ability to recover. And a lot of that is dictated also by your body's internal chemistry. All of the very anabolic hormones that you want to grow muscle, testosterone, growth hormone, thyroid production, they're all driven and produced, the majority of them, in deep sleep. So if you're not sleeping really good, you're not as anabolic as you could be, and you're probably not recovering as much as you should. So sleep is so important. Uh, and what I found is with CBD oil, uh, really high potency, it doesn't even need THC. It's amazing for keeping you in deep sleep and maximizing your body's hormone production to be able to grow muscle. So we, we came up with this uh, Thunderbro CBD line specifically with that intention the highest potency full-spectrum CBD that we could find. We sourced it from a pharmaceutical company, and all you do is take a drop an hour before bed, and it's lights out. Like, it's uh, the best the best sleep I've ever had, and uh, really, really effective for being able to create uh, a good state of recovery, but just general hormone production and, and the best internal chemistry that you can produce with good nutrition and training. Now, having some THC is just an added bonus. I'm sorry. All right, what's having, that, Jason? Having THC in addition is just an added bonus to the CBD. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I live in Colorado. I love THC. Um, 
THC for me is um, really good for for meditating, like for calming your brain down. Uh, you're in an altered state, and I, I think it's okay to be in an altered state sometimes. So uh, I think that's really good just for, for my own uh, heart and health and spirituality to, to be able to kind of, you know, turn, turn it off for a second and, and just be high and happy without any thoughts, especially if you're like me and you're going all day and your brain is always kind of going at a million miles an hour. Uh, I think that's really effective uh, for, for being able to create some balance. Um, the other thing with it is it has to be in moderation, right? Because just to maximize hormones, too much THC can reduce your testosterone. So, you know, take a little, maybe five or 10 milligrams a day or every other day. Um, and that's enough for me to, uh, especially with THC, um, be able to, to get the, the, the emotional benefit of just, you know, being, being fine, being just high and happy. Um, but also it's great at helping you get to sleep too. Depending on the strain, you know, I'll take indica before bed and that puts me out really fast. And when you combine it with CBD, it helps keep you asleep really deep for the rest of the night. So I'm a believer, you know, people have opinions on this stuff. I'm always under the guise that if it improves your longevity and your quality of life, if it makes you a better, happier and more productive person, then I have no problem with it. I think you should fucking do it. And uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot healthier than other things that are legal, like alcohol or opioids. So, uh, you know, in terms of like pain relief, um, it's fantastic. And it doesn't, it doesn't degenerate your liver, you know? So um, I don't see what the downside is as long as you're a, an adult, you know, and your brain is fully formed at 26 years old. So you're not like fucking with your brain development. I don't think there's a problem with it at all. Well, I agree with you. Um, one last thing you mentioned, you know, if it contributes to a happy, healthy life, you are married to a, you know, well-known athlete. What's your biggest piece of marriage advice? You know, I'm asking as someone that's been married for just under two years now, what's you, yeah. what's David Lipson's best piece of marital advice? Well, Cammie and I are lucky uh, because we really love each other and we also have things in common. So our, our passions are similar, which is great that we get to enjoy that with each other. I think the most important thing for uh, marriage is just to communicate and be honest and, uh, and to work for each other. You know, a lot of times if, if you get frustrated with your spouse and they're not doing this or that or giving you what you need or, you know, you're feeling neglected. Yes, you need to communicate that, but also you need to take accountability yourself because you know, you're never going to change anybody. So the only thing you can really try to change is, is what you do and how you act and how you react to things. So yeah, number one would be communication. I think that's the most important thing and honesty uh, and, and uh, being okay with just, you know, doing something for someone else without any expectations of anything in return. Because when you really love somebody, really, you just want them to be happy. That's it. There's no ulterior motive. I love it. That was great. Dave, thank you so much. Can you wrap up with telling everybody where they can find things, where they can follow you and Thunderbro on social media? Yeah. So, uh, look, I'm in the car with Cammy right here. We're driving, we're filming today. Um, 
So you can find me at Dave Freaking Lipson on Instagram. I, I'm very good at responding to DMs. If you ever have questions about hypertrophy, your training, nutrition, THC, mindset, sex, lifestyle, you name it. I like talking about all that stuff. Um, you can find Thunderbro at Thunderbro on Instagram and at www.thunderbro.com. That's a T-H-U-N-D-R bro. So Jason, it's like Thun Doctor Bro. Oh, that's we're bro, a- we're bro doctors. I like and, it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can find all of our books on there. We've got the Hypertrophy for Functional Fitness book, which is all of the hypertrophy theory and considerations that go into it, how to blend it with CrossFit, nutrition, recovery, hormones, all that stuff is in there. We've got our 90-day Get Huge program. Got the 100 hypertrophy finishers that crush, uh, which are 100 workouts you can combine with CrossFit for extra hypertrophy work. If you're just training in your affiliate and you want some extra stuff, uh, we've also got a new online live Thunderbird program coming out in which we combine the CrossFit with hypertrophy. And that's a really cool program because that's where you get access to all the neat tricks, uh, the different templates and complexes. Uh, training methods, all the stuff that you can do to tap into hypertrophy uh, is all in there, along with CrossFit workouts. And uh, and our CBD is uh, in the link in my bio. So, yeah, just come visit us. Ask us any questions. We love talking about this. We're doing some camps around the country, sharing the information with people. But really, our, our biggest passion is just uh, being able to transfer information and hopefully get people happy and healthy and and, uh, and getting the results that they want. That really fires us up. I love it, Dave. I love your books. I love your programs. I appreciate you guys. You know, I appreciate you all you, you and Andrew do. And I hope that people check it out. Thank you for being on and good luck with your shoot today. Thanks, dude. I appreciate you, Jason. Thanks for the call, man. It was good catching up. Jamie says bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> all right, later. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to Best Hour of Their Day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience? Do you have topics you want us to talk about? People you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.